This is a sermon podcast from Ashland First United Methodist Church in Ashland, Oregon. Visit us online at ashlandmethodist.org for more sermons like this, church information, and how to get involved. Ashland Methodist, a community of open hearts, open minds, and open doors. So if it's not obvious by now, today marks the season of Lent, first Sunday in Lent. And as Sherman might say, it's time for us to air out our Lenten laundry. So how many of you have ever given up chocolate or sweets for Lent? All right. For the casual observer and even for the non-religious folks, Lent is nothing more than 40 days without chocolate. (laughs) For others, Lent is kind of like a second chance on a New Year's resolution, a kickstart for another commitment to dieting and exercising. Though that may be helpful to our health to have an excuse to start all over again, Lent is not a 40-day extreme challenge or competition for self-improvement. So what is Lent? The word Lent comes from the Old English Lankton, which is, the meaning is springtime, and it's only used in the English language. The Latin word for Lent is quadragesima, which means 40th, referring to the 40 days we spend fasting during Lent. The origins of Lent, as you might know by now, in the Christian calendar year is widely debated as to its origins. Some scholars have different opinions, but the traditions and practices surrounding Lent basically have changed through the centuries. For example, In the olden days, Shrove Tuesday was the day that believers went through their houses and cleared all the cupboards of sugar and butter and flour, and then they would have this huge, big feast, one last feast before starting the season of Lent when they did not use flour or sugar or butter or anything that was indulgent. Well... (laughs) Today, we celebrate what is called Fat Tuesday or Pancake Tuesday in a more symbolic celebration to mark the beginning of Lent without the actual sacrificial practice of totally eliminating indulgent food for 40 days. Likewise, the historical model for Lent in the early church for those who were preparing for baptism and confirmation into the church and membership into the church was a very strict fasting for 40 days. Today, such sacrificial demand is not a common practice. And I know for sure not in the Methodist church, unless you guys want it. You know, let's become members, fast for 40 days. So though the practice of fasting is still part of Lent today, there is no specific or prescribed way of doing it. Fasting can incorporate all sorts of things. And we're going to be talking a little bit about that a little bit later. So Lent is also observed uh, in diverse ways 
in different cultures. So most of you know that I grew up in Brazil, and of course, Lent is defined by Carnaval, <laughs> one of the biggest and most famous five-day celebration of decadent parades, wild parties that precedes Ash Wednesday. Mardi Gras has nothing compared to Carnaval. And I just talked to my parents on Skype, and they said the party doesn't end on Ash Wednesday anymore. It's still going. <laughs> the term carnival means to remove meat. Hence, after Ash Wednesday, Roman Catholics traditionally abstain from the consumption of meat or poultry on Fridays during Lent. The irony, at least for the Brazilians, is that carnival is anything but the removal of meat, as it is the displaying of our carnal, flesh, sinful behavior. So as I was growing up uh, in Brazil as a missionary kid, a preacher's kid at that too, I really didn't get the point of my friends going and having, you know, participating in this crazy behavior only then to beg for forgiveness and penance for the behavior that they knew they shouldn't have participated in the first place knowingly. It didn't make sense. So theologically, I couldn't understand why you would have a celebration that led to this deep penitential behavior, stressing how extra sorry we are as humans, or should be at least for our sins, and then fixing it with a fast of not eating meat on Fridays or any other remorseful resolution to earn points with God or get rid of our guilt by showing some contrite action, like climbing up the stairs of the church on their knees. In my teenage mind, it all seemed kind of unreasonable and perverse. But over the years, I have come to understand and appreciate Lent from a different theological perspective. If we start from a theological perspective centered on God's mercy rather than our humanity's sinfulness, then we can see that God's unconditional love and forgiveness cannot be influenced by our human guilt or efforts to remorsefully be repentant. In other words, Lent is not something we do to make God change. It's not about us changing God's opinion of us or earning points from God because we are God's beloved children. God loves us regardless. From this perspective, the purpose of Lent becomes to renew and strengthen our faith in God and to reawaken in us the desire to respond to God's love by opening ourselves more deeply to God and letting God change our hearts. The traditional practices surrounding Lent, fasting, prayer, scripture reading, almsgiving, serving others, those are tools which we use to engage in letting go and letting God. Today, we're going to be focusing on fasting. And in the coming weeks, we'll be exploring different practices each week. Next week, we'll be talking about sacrificial giving. The following week, we'll be talking about prayer. 
and then scripture reading, and then finally what it means to follow Jesus. So this brings us back to our scripture reading today. The traditional spiritual practice of fasting was inspired by Jesus' journey in the desert. Jesus' 40-day fast, believe it or not, was not a unique experience. The scriptures are replete with examples of people who fasted for a variety of reasons. The number 40, there's lots of 40s in the Bible. The number 40 had a significance throughout the scriptures as the necessary period for preparation, for testing, for strengthening for those who are waiting and trusting in God's next move. Moses fasted 40 days before receiving the Ten Commandments. The prophet Elijah fasted for 40 days in the desert before receiving the next commission from God. Likewise, Jesus fasted for 40 days, and it was a time for deep inner transformation and preparation for the beginning of his ministry. By observing the fast, Jesus was placing his trust and full reliance on God, thus preparing himself to withstand all the challenges, the challenges that we heard in the scriptures, and all the challenges that he would confront during his ministry. He was able to withstand them because he was grounded in centeredness and had complete faith in God. Today, we have 40 days, and it's an opportunity for us to empty ourselves in preparation for God's transforming love to shape us, mold us, so that we can face the trials that we experience every day in our lives, as well as being strong and bold in serving God. So, how does one go about doing a fast? as a spiritual practice. First, we need to make sure that we are not fasting for the wrong reasons or with the wrong attitude. We need to remember, fasting is not a magical way to manipulate God into doing our will or fulfilling our desires or easing our guilt. Fast is not a spiritual weight loss program. (laughs) We don't need a Fitbit or a nap. We need to trust God. The spiritual practice of fasting is the act of abstaining, of letting go, of emptying ourselves from attachments, behaviors, emotions, possessions, cravings, all those things that distract us from God. The goal of fasting is to create space for God to fill us with love and grace and so that we can grow closer to God. So given this definition, fasting can incorporate more than just the abstinence of food. Though giving up some kind of food continues to be the number one choice of Americans during Lent. What I would like for us today is to share with you a few ideas, some creative ways about practicing Lent that may be a little bit different for us. So the first thing, if you're going to choose a practice, and maybe you already have because we're now three, four days into Lent, but um, it's always important to start with 
spending some, some time in self-reflection, asking ourselves, what do I need to let go in order to focus on God more deeply? What obstacles are keeping me from experiencing the presence of the divine every day in my life? What in my life is so chaotic or out of control that needs holding back or balancing? What change would make my life feel a little more open, free, more relaxed, more trusting, and more faithful? These questions help us to recognize what controls us, and they can guide our personal fasting experience and choices, helping us to choose the best way to listen and attend to God's voice and nourishment. Next, when fasting, it's important what I call to say, to adopt a posture of fasting. I'm a kinesthetic learner, so I need that. But I think we all do. When we are fasting, we are engaging in what I called human subtraction and divine addition. It's a fast and feast formula. Fasting means giving something up, right? Letting go. Feasting means taking on or receiving something new in its place. So fasting, letting go. Feasting, taking on. Let's do that. Fasting, letting go. Feasting, taking on. Fasting, letting go. Feasting, taking on. So let's look at a few examples of some different ways that you can fast. And this is where uh, I'll plug in what Mary was going to say earlier. If you visit our church website, um, we have a page that's called Practicing Lent. And there you will find several of the ideas that I'm sharing, plus more. And if you have, um, we do have a few hard copies that will be placed in the North X for those who prefer leaving today with a piece of paper. So let's talk about fasting from stuff or possessions. Here are three ideas for you, just to pique your interest. I did this uh, two lengths ago, 40 bags in 40 days. It was a cleansing of the things in my house. And I tell you, it was a challenge. Um, today, I'm going to suggest 40 items in 40 days. <laughs> you can go for the 40 bags if you want to. But the idea is that every day you collect some Ooh. item in your house, <laughs> including an organ. <laughs> Taking notes. Taking notes. So you can collect items to donate, but not just those extras or those unwanted things or the excess or the unused, but those things perhaps that you really want to hold on to, but you really don't need. Be generous. Give it up anyway. And when you do, say a prayer for each item for the abundant blessings that you have in your life. At the end of 40 days, you will feel full and nourished in a different way. At the end of Lent, you may choose to donate your things to a charity or maybe kind of gift people. Think about, ooh, this item, Dorita really would like it. Ooh. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> but anyway, bless somebody else. Another thing that you can do during Lent is to live minimally. In other words, do not buy anything that you don't need during Lent. Purchase just the basics, no luxury. And then set the money aside that you saved and donate it to a charity of your choice. Be amazed how much you will bless somebody else. Cut back on your carbon footprint. And this one goes back to Sherman. Hang your clothes on the line instead of drying it on the dryer. With each item of clothing that you hang, say a prayer in gratitude for God's creation. You save on electricity, you help the environment, and it's really peaceful. This is the hard one for us today. Fasting from those things that uh, are entertainment or attractions, certain activities like internet, Netflix, Facebook. Here are some ideas about how to fast of that technology that we're so dependent on. Fast from Facebook or Twitter or the internet in general one day a week. Call it a Sabbath. Don't, don't look at it. Now, if you have to use it for work, I understand, but you know, take that personal time that you would normally just go there. Use the time that you would spend on the internet by praying or reading a devotional book or actually picking up the Bible and reading the Bible. Another option is to come back, cut back from the internet by making a commitment of spending 20 or 30 minutes that you would normally spend on the internet by cultivating a practice on relationships and writing 40 notes in 40 days to different people in your life on, on paper, not on the internet, right? I have a wonderful list um, that will be out there on the foyer as well as, as well as on the internet each day a different person that you could write something to. You'd be amazed at how many people have blessed your life. Another option for those who really, really, really like social media, there is a great Lent option, and it's called picturelent.com. And there are several others like that on the internet where it's a site that you enjoy some scripture reading. Uh, if you're like taking photos, you take a photo that, that is inspired by the scripture reading that you've done, and then you post it and people make comments, and it's a great way to still be able to stay connected globally, but still focusing on God in your life. Now let's talk about the big one, food. Fasting from food. Abstaining from food altogether for 40 days is no longer an advisable practice for obvious medical and health reasons. But if you are healthy and your health allows, trying a 24-hour or a 40-day liquid fast will give you amazing insights into your life and also solidarity with those who go hungry, not only locally, but globally. Another option is to commit to not eating out for an entire season of Lent, saving the money that you would spend on your outings and buy groceries at the end of Lent to donate to the food bank. 
One practice that I learned a long time ago um, on a trip with Bruce to a um, Buddhist center, it's eating your meals in silence. Try eating one meal this week in complete silence. And with each bite, chewing slowly, recite in your mind a scripture or the entire Lord's Prayer in that one bite. And then swallow and then pick up your fork or spoon and take another bite. It may take longer for you to eat that meal, but I guarantee you that at the end, you will feel more peaceful, more satisfied, and blessed. Finally, I would like to share one last kind of fasting, and I think perhaps it's the hardest one or the most challenging one. It is for me because it requires fasting from attitudes. And it's so easy to get hung up with our attitudes. Attitudes that hinder our connection to God and each other. As I said earlier, Lent has this paradoxical quality. Lent is a time of fasting, of letting go, but it's also a time for feasting, for claiming that which brings us life and love into our world and the world of those around us. We need both the fasting and the feasting. So I would like to complete this exploration of Lent by having us join our voices in a collective Lenten affirmation. What we're gonna do is we have several slides and as um, I'm gonna divide us in two sections. We'll start with this section being the fasting and this section being the feasting. When the next slide comes up, we flip-flop so that you will be able to feast and you guys will fast and we will alternate that way as the slides come. So let us find the posture of feasting and fasting. So this side, let's start. Fast from judging others. Feast on Christ's living in them. Take a deep breath. All right. Deep breath. Deep breath. And together we take another deep breath. Amen.